Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, July 30th. Uh, the LA Galaxy out of the tournament, and you knew that, but there's a whole bunch to talk about, including some LA Galaxy 2 news that isn't great. Uh, we're going to talk a little analytics as well, and then some other charts and some other questions that you've asked us to talk about. But big question is, what has happened to the LA Galaxy? What has happened to the kings of Major League Soccer, and how can they get back to the top to help me do all that? Eric, the Portuguese hammer, is back in the house. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. Uh, a little bit of uh, mixed emotions leading into today. We spent all these months uh, pandem- of a pandemic wor- worrying about when are we going to get soccer back. We got soccer back, and it came and went uh, pretty quickly. So now we're back yeah. to filibustering shows with uh, <laughs> filling an hour with, with no actual ga- Galaxy games to talk about. So we fell right back into that trap. You know, I feel like we've been well prepared for it. However, yeah, I feel like this is. is it. I, I don't feel. I didn't feel stressed out going into the show, knowing that there, uh, there, there was there. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Most of it's garbage. I'm going to be honest. Most of it's garbage, and it's throwaway, <laughs> and it's everything that you have to talk about whenever you know the team that you watch uh, played three games, didn't play a single game very well, uh, got a single point in three games, and if you add that to the start of the the season, is now five games without a win for the LA Galaxy to start the season, uh, putting them last place in the Western Conference, second to last in the Supporters' Shield. I mean, this it's of all... T- I, I think people are trying to sort of reconcile what happened in 2017, obviously, the uh, the the uh, wooden spoon uh, year, the wooden spoon that lived in my office for a year. Um, I don't I don't want it back, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make me feel good, but you're, people are trying to reconcile that. Look at who was on that 2017 team, though, Eric. Look at who the coach was. Um, look at all these things. And now look at who is on this team right now for the LA Galaxy. And you can't come to the same conclusion that there was no talent um, and that you know it was a ju- an adjustment year. This is now, what, six years, it sort of feels like, uh, sort of moving on since 2014, the LA Galaxy. 2015 was a good year. Could, the Galaxy yeah. could have been very competitive that year. Uh, a letdown by 2014 standards, not necessarily a letdown by 2017 or 2020 standards, right? So yeah, 2015, 2016, fall. yeah, 2017 fell off a cliff. 2018 yeah. was an attempt to right the ship that didn't work. 2019, Guillermo got got in there with Zlatan, and so it was Guillermo and Zlatan. 2020, you're without Zlatan. Guillermo's there. Dennis DeClosa, majority of the players are either GBS signed, GBS extended. Uh, Dennis DeClosa has his fingerprints all over this as well. And we've been talking about it. There's there's no comparison to that 2017 team. The 2017 team was far worse in talent than what this 2020 team was. Yeah, and I think that's that's why when whenever that 2017 argument comes up, I always I say that I feel worse now than I did in 2017 because in 2017, I think Jack McBean was a starting forward and you know we were starting Roman Alessandrini as a as a DP who at that time was unproven and a question mark of whether he was going to be able to be successful with the team. So expectations were pretty low and then with Kurt Anolfo coming up uh, from from the second team. So expectations were low. So the fact that they they crashed out, it was sad and it was a bummer. That was a bummer of a year, but at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't that, uh, you know, the, the results weren't that surprising given what went into it. So, you know, expectations were riding high, especially after two 
semi-successful. I don't know if you can call them fully successful, but there were definitely bright flashes. And then to say, okay, now we can continue to build on that. And they just failed to build on that. That's why I feel worse about the team now in 2020 than I did in 2017, because it seems like there should be pieces in place to be successful in 2020. And there just aren't as opposed to not, not having, uh, not having the roster equipped properly, which was what was happening in 2017. And it makes you think, well, maybe that's, maybe that's the case now. Maybe it's not that different after all. Yeah, I don't know. It's all perception, right? And I think you even sent something. Uh, you sent me a video from us last year, and you were like, "You're like, hey, remember this time last year? Remember how excited we were? Remember how all this stuff?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." I go, you know, it was fun. Um, I'll be honest. I'm more interested in covering LA Galaxy two right now than I am in, in covering the LA Galaxy. Um, it's just they they're playing better soccer. At least they were. And we're going to talk about what's going on with them because it's not good news uh, for <laughs> USL or for or for Major League Soccer yeah. either. But I mean. As it stands right now, LA Galaxy 2 has an identity. Uh, they have young, exciting players that are getting time and making moves. Um, they had two wins in a row. They were playing good soccer. Um, all of this stuff is things that you look at and you say, okay, well, that's exciting to watch. And you know, you, you want some of that because I feel like a lot of what's going on with the senior team right now is everybody's sort of waiting for something to happen whether that's a new player to come in, whether that's a coaching change, whether whatever it is, but everybody seems to be waiting for something to happen. And if you go down and you watch that LA Galaxy 2 day, uh, team play, they're not waiting for anything. They're going out and attacking. They're going out and, and, and you know dominating a field. They're going out and finding a way to grind out wins. You know The Sacramento win was certainly one of those to take a look at. Um, so in my mind, the excitement right now for the LA Galaxy isn't with the senior team, which usually I think is driving fans to drink and, and go crazy and question <laughs> their season tickets. Um, and when you look at that, it, it's sort of like, well, where, where's the excitement? The excitement's at LA Galaxy 2. Um, we'll see if that, that extends. But that's, that's where I feel like, like this club needs something, is they need that excitement. They need that hunger. And right now, I think everybody sort of expects things to be put on a platter for them. Yeah, and I think... the. I will push back and pump the brakes a little bit with, with LA Galaxy 2 being a, a better watch as they are playing against USL level competition, which is yes. a, a level below. So it's it's not like this is a like-for-like like comparison. Uh, you know, compared to their peers in USL, yes, it looks good, looks attractive, it looks like they're finding a way to grind out wins. Another positive with LA Galaxy 2, uh, and again, that's not a pun given some, some news that we have coming our way, but uh, another positive is that if players get brought into LA Galaxy 2, it's going to be someone who was loaned down from the first team who is potentially an upgrade to the current roster that they have now. So any roster changes are positive roster changes, whereas the Galaxy, given how they started the season, lost you know someone like Katai, that negatively, negatively impacts their roster. You know Jonathan Dos Santos goes out for surgery that that's a negative impact. So um, the LA Galaxy 2, knowing who they are, knowing who the players are, and then if anything changes, it's going to be a positive change. That's that's always going to work more in their favor. So uh, I, I would take it for with a grain, and, grain of salt. It is what it is. It's lower-level competition, but it is always exciting to see the kids playing well. They served at a lot of youth. Uh, lets you kind of invest early, buy stock in these young players who are playing well, and say, okay, this per- person is doing really well. Let's see how they look to the first team. But I, I will say proceed with caution because there are a lot of uh, players who have looked great and on the USL side and, you know, set that scoreboard on fire. Ari Lasseter is someone who comes to mind. Uh, and then when they came up to the first team, it just didn't, it didn't translate and it didn't work out. So while I understand we need something to, to get our hopes up and get excited about and absolutely, uh, well, you might not be able to look to it now and, and get excited about it, but that could have been a shining light to get excited about G2. But, uh, I, I would just say proceed with caution. Let's not get put too much weight into that. I think that just shows, 
uh, how down the LA Galaxy are right now. The fact that you want to look for for something to be happy about, and at the time, it was Galaxy 2. Well, let's get to some LA Galaxy 2 news. Like we said, it wasn't going to be good news. Um, The LA Galaxy 2 had a game against the San Diego Loyal on Wednesday night. Uh, that game did not happen, was was rescheduled slash postponed just hours before kickoff because 11 players tested positive for COVID-19 on LA Galaxy 2. Uh, not only did it postpone that game, but Sacramento Republic, the team that LA Galaxy 2 played, Earlier in that week, over the weekend, um, they also canceled the game that they were going to play against Orange County SC. So that game will be rescheduled as well, um, just out of an abundance of caution. Uh, the the official word came out uh, last night um, on Wednesday night and said LA Galaxy's two match versus San Diego Loyal scheduled for tonight uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park has been postponed and will be rescheduled at a later date. Proceeding with an abundance of caution, the postponement comes after covered individuals scheduled to be involved in tonight's match tested positive for COVID-19 as part of a weekly routine testing. Um, the, the covered individuals are players, coaches or staff team staff basically uh for that uh from what i understand it seems like it is 11 players uh we don't know which players it is um and i think as we were talking about before the show uh my good friend chris tucker who has uh his pulse on la galaxy 2 quite honestly if you want to follow somebody uh and listen to a great podcast i'm sure that we'll do a great job with la galaxy 2 stuff chris and the riot squad has to do a great job and chris keys me in on a bunch of the stuff as i try to watch as much as i can but uh he always seems to find ways to watch all those games and, and keep me in on some some good stuff coming out of la galaxy 2 but he went and looked at the rosters basically uh 18 players above 18 18 players below 18 years old so you have minors so it was reasonable to think that there are minors who caught COVID-19 as a result of playing soccer for LA Galaxy 2. Um, And uh, I'm sure that there are people over 18 as well who are doing that. But the big deal here with this is it didn't just postpone one game, it postponed a bunch of games. And I think there's some lessons slash some issues that MLS is going to have to sort of look at with the USL. USL is not doing a bubble, Eric. There's no bubble. They're playing a regular season, quote unquote, where they travel and they go. USL is not testing as much as Major League Soccer is, so there can be gaps. I think if Major League Soccer tried to do a Saturday and a Wednesday, um, they wouldn't necessarily do that, or if they did, there would be testing in between. So that way they could sort of segregate those games out. As it is, it affected multiple games now because of the fact that, you know, if you're trying to do multiple games in a short period of time, imagine if that game got played and the testing hadn't come back yet. Now you have four teams that technically have all been exposed to this and then that branches out to their next four games and they tell a friend and they tell a friend <laughs> and they tell and you know it's all that exponential growth that we've uh, talked about you know so much i say we, we didn't we didn't have the right technology to for you to keep split screening on that one a little wayne's world humor I was there. gonna say we, so, we could we could have gone deep on that one <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's it's disheartening especially given uh, that the galaxy 2 you know had a great start uh and we were we're going to talk about what the mls plan is outside of the bubble and this is a cautionary tale same thing happened with major league baseball uh you know with the the florida marlins or the miami marlins now excuse me yeah. uh mm-hmm. you know had, had all their players test positive and then what do you do you know do you go based on win percentage now uh you know how, how do you how do you make up all those games that they're going to miss because they're going to need to be isolated for a certain amount of time so it just it it gives a, a lot of the caution and, and like you said i think if 
USL is kind of doing their own thing. So I think MLS, given the experience that they gained from the bubble and the successes that they had in the bubble, uh, I think they'll they'll use that to their benefit and make sure that everything's on the up and up if they're going to make plans to have a regular season, which it seems like they are. Uh, but I, I would expect better planning from Major League Soccer than I would USL, uh, you know, second second tier league getting kind of second tier uh, handling of uh, of the situation is what it feels like. It's worth noting, USL built in some flexibility into its schedule knowing that this is a possibility, all right? So, I mean, it's the same as the bubble sort of was, is that you don't expect there to be no cases, but you expect to be able to contain the cases that you have. Uh, 11 on one team just shows how quickly yeah. this can all all translate very, you know, you know, basically if LA Galaxy 2 was going to a bubble, they wouldn't be going to a bubble right now because they'd be like, nah, you got too many, you're not going to the bubble, you're out. Um, no, so. Yeah, they, they would have ended it already. Um, here's the thing, and, and people, I think, are worried about the senior team as well. Um, the senior team has been segregated from LA Galaxy 2, and they did this. Usually they train together. Usually they're in the locker room together. Usually they you know they share all sorts of facilities uh, with that. First of all, there's no locker rooms right now because you're not allowed to be in a locker room with a bunch of people. That's not something that's allowed to happen, so everybody's sort of changing at home, doing that type of thing. That's supposed to be the idea. I don't know how well it's being followed, but I don't suspect <laughs> that, that, that there was any issue with that in this particular case. Um, they're not using the same training facilities in terms of the gyms. They have separate gyms because they didn't want to cross-contaminate, and if they're following the MLS rules, basically I think no more than three or four people can be in the gym at the same time, uh, and then you have to clean everything and you know give it some time, and then people can come in and, and do it. So uh, you have all that, but the senior team came back and trained Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and then uh, whenever they found out about the tests, basically they said, nobody come to the stadium, everybody stay home, we're, we're segregating anything. There's no been, been no positive tests on the senior team, uh, no positive tests in the bubble, no positive tests outside of the bubble. Uh, everybody's expected to probably be tested again before everybody comes back. So they'll sort of keep an eye on this. And right now it seems like they're scheduled to come back on Monday. Senior team will train on Monday. What happens to LA Galaxy 2 is that all those guys have been um, quarantined and they will stay away from training and they will not go there. And basically, they're going to shut that team down probably for a little bit. And as that happens, um, you know, they'll sort of be able to adjust and, and, and get back eventually as people get healthier. And we we've, we've, haven't seen anything in terms of, you know, there's actually been any sickness that's gone around. This isn't an Uriel and Tuna situation, at least not right now. And I don't know if everybody's yeah. been following that. Um, this is that's crazy. Antuna has sort of become a lightning storm down at Liga MX um, as yeah. well, because uh, basically Antuna and his wife, right? His wife is the big social media person. So I remember whenever he was on the Galaxy, yeah. Eric, you were always she, following her. She she always had the insight. Yeah, she seemed to be on top of it. Um, so if you go and look at. Um, you know, sort of what was happening is that Antuna got sick with COVID. She sort of said that he was sick. And then Liga MX came out and said, yes, he is sick. And by this, there was a rash of cases throughout Liga MX. This wasn't the only one. But they came out and said that Oriol Antuna is asymptomatic. And then comes out comes his wife's video of him <laughs> laying on the bed, sick. You can tell he's sick. Yeah. He's either sleeping. She took his temperature. He showed that he had a temperature. Like he, she just went out and was sort of like, listen, of none of that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's not even close to what's going on. So anyway, this isn't the yeah. case right now. We don't don't know of anybody actually being sick. Um, so it, it's just one of those things that you sort of have to watch. But I mean, if you're major league soccer, this has to give you pause whenever you're yeah. thinking about having a regular season, right? And especially when it's that many players, if it's one, like you said, you can't expect it to be zero. You know, there's going to be one or two, but when you have 11, that that's concerning on how it spread so quickly. The thing that 
uh, sticks out to me, as I mentioned it earlier as well, is that LA Galaxy also loans players down to LA Galaxy too. So your your Carlos Harvey's, your Johnny Perez's, your Cameron Dunbar's, Cameron those Dunbar, guys. Yep. Yeah, those those are guys are going to end up spending time with Galaxy Two, presumably if this was a regular season. So uh, my curiosity just wonders if those guys were had been bumped down yet? Were they because they made the trip to Orlando? Were they going to be given first team status moving forward with the how the ever the rest of the regular season plays out? So I'm just curious if there was already in inter, in any intermingling uh, because LA Galaxy Two also plays on the home stadium. Obviously, yeah, in you know you have to stay away from the field. Outdoors is one of the safer places you can be, so not a major concern there. Uh, but the concern when you're switching players within the facility or within teams. That, that's what I'm curious if any of those switches happen had already happened or that it was not going to happen given that they were given first team status. So that that's the only right. question mark that hangs in the air for me. Uh, and then to see how the rescheduling is going to work. And if this, uh, if there are other teams who are going to be similarly impacted, like if uh, Sacramento Republic, I know had, had a situation earlier in the year, they were one of right. the first teams to report a positive and uh, you know, San Diego being, you know, located closely in California, adding to those numbers as well. So curious to see how these local teams, uh, if they're going to have similar outbreaks or if this was just kind of a, a fluky one person got it and, and interacted with the the wrong group of people in the, in the wrong way and it just managed to spread like wildfire and it just, it was kind of a bad run of luck or if this is this is something that's going to be the norm. So we'll see how it plays out. But it, it's, it's, not, it, it's not looking, it doesn't look great when you have that many players. That's a bad sign. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it points to two things. One is uh, how easily it spreads uh, and how asymptomatic spread is probably the result of this because I doubt anybody really was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't feeling good. and you know, Or at least uh, they spread it before they were feeling bad, that type of thing. Uh, we were talking before the show and just, you know, I've, I've been dodging sort of positive cases as it goes. And um, it, it's interesting. My wife and I actually were part of a, a, a health study for UCI University of California, Irvine, uh, requested participants and just wanted to do um some antibody testing and so we're like let's go why not let's you know do our part for science and go get our finger pricked and and go do that so we did it um i wasn't expecting anything to come back i came back negative um which was sort of like uh i I wouldn't have been surprised had i been uh had had i (laughs) had something yeah if i you know i wouldn't have been like oh like oh i'm shocked you know no i wouldn't i would have been like oh okay and then it was clearly something um my wife came back positive which was really interesting for the antibodies. And and the test that they're using wasn't an FDA-approved test. And one of the reasons that they were actually using that test is it's more sensitive than the FDA one, and they're actually doing it to try to gain some FDA approval on the test. So we were part of a, a, a more sensitive test. But anyway, so it was in our house. I mean, you don't know is really what I'm saying. Yeah. It's really, really <laughs> hard. And and we do our best. And obviously, you know, we have uh, we have a seven, almost eight-month-old. So we're trying to be as cautious. But, I mean, my wife, according to the test, had it. Yeah, uh, and, and so your son shows, almost certainly, I'm I'm yeah. sure because of the close contact that just has to, you know, uh, with I think with you and your wife, I could see having a newborn. The amount of times you use your wipes and and clean up, I could see that not inter, you know not interacting, but with the you know with the child and the mother, yeah. it's almost yeah. like it, a no. just a matter. It's just no. a matter of 
him not being I, part I, of the study. <laughs> I think it just shows how much uh, how much my wife is uh, ignores me uh, most of the time. I think that's that's really what it shows. I'm like, see, you don't even your antibodies don't love me right now. Um, we're both exhausted. By the way, we were all like, did we yeah. have any symptoms? And we're like, well, let's see, we've been exhausted. Well, we have a baby. We've been tired. Uh, this, yeah, yeah, we've been really tired. Uh, let's see. Oh, I've had some headaches. Well, we have a baby. So yeah, that that could be it too. You know, it's all yeah. this stuff. But for the most part. No, we, we haven't. So I just thought it was interesting and, you know, it just sort of goes to, to show those different things. So uh, enough about my medical history. You all have now have to sign a HIPAA form. I just, just you know, <laughs> leave a signature say, somewhere there and we'll, we'll get it done. Filing for workman's <laughs> comp after this. That's right. That's uh, Yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> let's go a little bit to the LA Galaxy now and something that was brought up. Um, this was a chart, not even a chart, but more of a graphic. Um, at E.T. McKinley put this up on Twitter. We're stealing it, but we're saying that we're saying who it is. And so we ex- invite you to go uh, follow this person because they are giving us some really cool information and knowledge. But it talks about analytics. And this has been a discussion, certainly whenever Cardinalfo was around, Siggy Schmidt was around, uh, you know, before Guillermo came on board. Uh, it was talking about the LA Galaxy and who is, you know, doing the analytics stuff. Um, and as you can see from this chart, and if you're listening on our podcast, I'll tell you, it lists all of the teams who have a sort of a verified analytics staffer, somebody whose primary job is to run, um, you know, data and analysis on players, um, uh, on the game and either give that to the coaching staff, give that to the scouting trips. You know, it's, you can do, uh, you know, uh, analysis, analysis a bunch of different ways. You can look at the team that you have and how you can make them better. Uh, you can also look at possibly, you know, uh, data from around the world and find a player that maybe will fit into your system, something that you need. So you can do all that. And if you go in here and look, there are some teams who have are listed. Um, they have Atlanta United. You know, they have Charlotte Football Club, by the way, a, a team that doesn't even that has a, a boring name already has a, a, a head of analytics. Um, FC Cincinnati, Colorado Rapids, Columbus Crew, D.C. United, Houston Dynamo, FC Dallas, LAFC, Nashville, SC, New England Revolution, which we'll come back to uh, Philadelphia Union, RSL. Seattle Sounders and Toronto FC. Uh, the teams that don't have a uh, or no known club employed primarily um, analytics staff was, you know, Austin, the new clubs, Chicago Fire, Sporting Kansas City, uh, the LA Galaxy, Minnesota United, Montreal, New York Red Bulls, uh, New York City, Miami, Orlando, uh, Portland, San Jose, and Vancouver Whitecaps. When you look at that, that means that some of these teams probably don't have an analytics and some of these teams don't have a dedicated person who that's their only job. And so that's sort of splitting the hairs here. But obviously seeing the LA Galaxy in no known club employed primary analytics staff probably has some people asking why is, why are the LA Galaxy not going down this route? Um, what, what do you think about all this, Eric? Yeah, I, I, th- I think the fact that uh, we, we, how many times we have to say this, that the LA Galaxy is the, the crown and the jewel of, of major league soccer. The fact that they're on the no known list is, is it's upsetting. Uh, and the reason it's upsetting is because you have other clubs who are making a conscious effort uh, to gain some type of uh, competitive advantage uh, amongst other teams. I was reading an article um, about analytics and how, how it's impacting the soccer world. And uh, there's a company in, in Great Britain called uh, the 21st. Um, and basically what they do, they're, they're a company where other clubs outsource them. And they told the story, I actually, with Red Star Belgrade, oddly enough, where Alexander Katai just ended up. And so they were brought a list of 
uh, Red Star Belgrade brought them a list of players and they basically analyzed the data to find the type of player they were looking for, but at a cheaper price. So they went and found a Dutch player who was playing in the top tier in Cyprus and were able to get someone who did the job that they wanted someone to do, but they were able to essentially get them at a, a discount price and that player went on to be successful. And so you see stuff like that and you see the type of players uh, that Atlanta is, has signed, you know, some type of players that I think Columbus has brought in recently and they're not the names that are going to necessarily fly off the shelf, but you can tell maybe some back end work into finding these, uh, you know, these diamonds in the rough. And I think when you look at the LA Galaxy and, and historically the type of player that they've signed, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Chicharito, Beckham, uh, Landon Donovan, these are all people who have had existing careers and you know who you are, you know what, you know what they're getting. They're, they're not signing anyone sneaky under the radar. And I think that's where you're going to be able to get the most bang for your buck. It's not going to be that DP who's going to break break the bank. It's going to be that player who you can get for you know 170k because they're playing in uh, you know in Moldova, but they're being extremely successful and they'd be happy to come to America and get that chance and do it here. And so that that's the type of thing that you need. So whether they have someone on staff or they're outsourcing that, that that's the thing that's upsetting. And and when you see the types of players that the Galaxy have signed. Uh, it, it it actually makes sense that they're not on those lists because they, they seem to sign players who come with the full resume. You're not really seeing that scouting network really working great. Or when you do see some of the scouting decisions that have been made, like a Jorgen Schelvek, you think, well, are we sure we scouted this person? Well, maybe some analytics we could have looked at uh, could have told us a different story. People Gonzalez is another one uh, that comes out. I think before he arrived, we looked at some of his – performances and the he, I think he he went on a string of losses uh, with the team that he came from and so it's like well it, are we getting a good player and then when he finally arrived that all looked good on paper and we saw how he's performed so maybe analytics it's not everything and I know uh, in other sports there are people who are kind of late to the curve moneyball was the original movement in, in Oakland with the Oakland Athletics and then other sports kind of moved forward and adopted it so uh, it, it just it, it just seems like the, the galaxy are behind here. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just ran in circles, but I'm, I'm, I'm upset that they don't have someone, uh, and, and it really shows. So they're already behind the ball. And even if they do get someone now who wants that, that's their dedicated job. They're already behind of all the teams who already have that infrastructure in place. You want, you want story time? Should we go, should we yeah, go story time? time? I have, I have a story about this. Um, so I'll tell you, let's first tell you what the LA galaxy will tell you. If you ask them, uh, the first thing they're going to tell you is that they have more of a group approach. They don't necessarily have one person who does it. Uh, they have multiple people pro- who probably look at this. I will tell you that in the past, there has been talk about using an outside service, just as you were talking about. And so in many ways, you could say that the LA Galaxy could be using analytics. They could go out and do these things. So let's go to story time. Uh, Kurt Anolfo, whenever he was in charge of the LA Galaxy, had talked about getting more advanced analytics with uh, with the the brain trust that was, uh, that was at the LA Galaxy. Chris Klein, uh, Pete Vianis, uh, Jovan Karofsky, they were sort of talking about that. Um, and I think this may have even bleed, and I'm trying to remember 100%. You have to understand that when people get fired, sometimes we get tell, told things afterwards, and it's difficult to place exactly where it happened and when it happened. So I think it was Kurt, could have been Siggy as well, also had this conversation. But there was a conversation basically about using an outside analytics group to run a report, and it was going to cost X amount of money. Let's say it was $25,000. Um, so they were going to use that $25,000. They were going to use that report and they were going to go out there and they were going to find some people. And there was pushback on spending that amount of money, um, to sort of look at that and do that. So 
I imagine the LA Galaxy eventually at some point have paid for analytics groups. But the bottom line is that there's nobody you can point to at the club right now who's sole job it is i'm sure that there are some you know video people who go in and analyze the games afterwards and sort of say hey this was the breakdown this is where it happened let's take a look at that that's not really an analytics type of person that's you know more of a a game film type of person um but as we talked about you can use analytics to improve your team's play saying listen you get a lot of penetration into you know the final box but your your cross is here where you you're more successful from this box than you are from this box so pass into this box and they divide the field up into a bunch of different boxes and i my eyes glaze over anytime i try to pay any attention to that <laughs> but i think there's value in it you have to remember going back to not just you know the story about you know uh, Siggy Schmidt or, or Kurt Anolfo trying to get a list but go back to Bruce Arena who famously would talk all about how you don't, you, you don't need analytics. This game isn't meant for that. This isn't how it works. There's an analyst guy right there at New England. I can see it on my screen. Uh, his name is Tim see Crawford. See the globe right there, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I can see that 1996 revolutionsoccer.net logo just popping right there. You know, you can see it. Um, and they have, they have somebody who does that. Now, uh, as, some, as the chat room rightfully pointed out, you look over at this list, and there are some good teams on there, and there are some bad yeah. teams on there that have analysts, That's, and there's some good teams that don't have it, and there are some bad teams that don't have it. All right, so you know you can't say it's it's 100% success rate, and it's never going to be. But when we look at the LA Galaxy scouting network, whenever we look at the LA Galaxy, and maybe they're reticent to get into at least dive headfirst and have a dedicated person as an analyst. Um, these things are things that the crown jewel of Major League Soccer should have. They should have had it before anybody else. They should be utilizing it better. They probably should have more than one person. They should probably should have a dedicated network of scouts is something that I know that Dennis DeClosa wanted to do. You look at all those things and say that's going to give you the best chance of success because you can be bad with good information and you can be good with no information. All right, but you're always trying to improve the odds in your favor. And as MLS develops, Eric, um, certainly the LA Galaxy have to play catch up. Um, and if they play catch up now, uh, they were in the driver's seat for a while with Bruce putting together magnificently deep teams and doing so on a, on a budget that probably nobody else could do. Um, you know, you look at that and say, okay, you know, this is this is some stuff that that worked for the LA Galaxy. But now in the in this time of analytics. Uh, you have to go and say, why aren't the Galaxy on the front foot on this? And if if they are, if they're pulling the wool over everybody's eyes and they have a whole team of people and there's 17 people who are doing this right now, then, you know, highlight those people. All right. Or fire yeah. those people. I'm not sure what you want to do. It's it's like if you made those decisions, and you had all these people, then, you know, that's the whole thing. We, we're assuming that with the lack of information is being sucked into the box here, Eric. Um, you know, it, it's it's like it, we're falling into the void where you're looking for reasons why the LA Galaxy are not successful and haven't been successful since Bruce Arena left. This could be a reason why they haven't been successful. Yeah. And I, you, you, I'm glad the chat room brought up that point and you brought up the point that this the 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 chart doesn't really say anything because there are teams that are awful who are on the list that have an analytics person and there are teams that are great on the no analytics that have it uh but but the part that's upsetting is just to your point let's say they do have a group of of 10 people or it is a group effort and everyone kind of chips in with it Uh, i think the part that's concerning and why it it was upsetting is that someone was contacted, you know, who's your data analyst or, you know, who, who, who covers analytics or data and, and no name was submitted. So whether 
that's a team or it's not, but at least throw a name out there. Yes, it's a team, but this person is our point person who heads it. And there was no name to even be thrown out there as, you know, like uh, if you look at the lists on the left, I'm sure that some of those that that's not the only person who does it and they're not, that's their sole uh, job description. It may be, it's possible, but it's possible that they're just the point person and they probably have other duties assigned to them as well. And that's just one of their duties. And so I, I think that at least throw someone out there. If it is a team effort, say, uh, yeah, there's five people on the team, but this person is the lead person of that team. Uh, and yeah. that and put their name out there. So the fact that they didn't have a name to throw out there makes me a little bit more than skeptical, uh, that there's a brain trust working and doing it. Yes, I'm sure it could be outsourced. And like I said, there are big clubs in Europe who are outsourcing to companies to do it for them. So they don't have specific people. It's possible to use analytics and not have a specific person, but it just makes me a little bit skeptical, uh, that they have this brain trust and team of analytics people and they didn't submit someone because it's a large group and not one person that just makes me a little, a little uneasy there. Yeah, can I brag just for a second? Um, one of the people who is a, a data data analyst on this list actually was a writer for Corner of the Galaxy. Um, well, so uh, Sh- Sean Steffen, so uh, data analyst for the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Sean was also a writer for LA Galaxy Confidential um, and then eventually got hired by the Houston Dynamo to actually uh, uh, do that job. So, uh, you know, a little brag. We had, somebody, we had somebody on our staff, quote in quotation marks, um, for a short <laughs> so period saying- of time. <laughs> So what I'm hearing is there's a light at the end of the tunnel that this is, you know, there's actual possible career value in doing this. It's not just, uh, oh, we're not, not just sitting you. here. On, no, no, okay, no, no, not, no, for, not for you. I didn't, I don't hey, want I you to get reviews. I'm set. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we don't, I don't, I don't think you should be hanging your shingle on, on this particular, uh, uh, uh job. So just, you know, I'll, chill out. I'll say this, this is not exactly the best time to be uh, looking for a change of careers either. So I, th- I think I'll stay put with where I'm at. You got your mic working and you were early on the call today. I think you should this probably is, just take that as a win win in, in I was general. Say, it was all, this was all analytics based. That's how I was able to figure all this that, out. So if any other right. MLS clubs are, are listed, you know, Austin, Chicago, New York, I'm available. Yeah, let's just call me. Call me. Pick up yeah, the phone. We can work make, remotely. A, make a phone call. <laughs> um, we get we get back to this question a bunch and it's who are the LA Galaxy? Um, and it is, it, it's a question that I, I don't know that we have answers to. Uh, a lot of times we figure out who they're not, I think more than often than, than really who they are. Uh, we've asked, you know, sort of what is GBS's style? And I don't think anybody can, can explain that. But worst of all, I don't think the players sort of explain, can, can explain to you what's going on with that as well. So who are the LA galaxy? And we go to another chart. Um, and this is from at Ben Wright and, uh, on Twitter. And again, giving the shout out, we're stealing, but we're, we're giving credit. And so thanks, uh, at Ben Wright. Citing your for, sources. Uh, for, yeah, exactly. I don't want to get in trouble. Now th- these people do amazing jobs and it's just interesting. You find it on Twitter and you're able to use it. Like it's here and we can look at this and we can say, you know, what does this mean? And a lot of times I have no idea what it means. <laughs> I look at it. I'm like, I got, I got no clue. Um, yeah. but if you look at this particular chart, it's, it's, it's one of these like four sort of quadrant charts, right? So upper left is bad defense, bad attack. Upper right is bad defense, good attack. Uh, lower right is good defense, good attack. And bottom left is good defense, bad attack. So it's these combinations. And basically it's looking at expected goals, which we've talked about uh, your likelihood of scoring a goal from a certain position. Uh, And the more likely you are to score a goal from a certain position, the higher XG is. And then that also goes the other way, which is the XG against. So whenever you plot these two things, you get a data point 
on said chart. Uh, this is helpful, by the way, if you're if you're looking at it on YouTube, and if not, I'll do my best to explain. So you have a chart, and the closer you get to any of the corners tells you more or less what kind of team you are. If you're closer to the bottom left-hand corner, like FC Cincinnati is or Columbus Crew, you're closer to a good defense with a bad attack. If you're over on the bottom right-hand side of the chart, which is LAFC, um, they have good defense, good attack, right? So you sort of see these things. San Jose Earthquakes, good defense, good attack, closer on that side. The LA Galaxy once again, have defied any sort of definition. They're almost smack dab in the middle of this chart, and I'm not sure what that means, except that they're not a bad defense with a bad attack, although you could say that they're closer to that than they are a good defense or a good attack, but it's not like they're that far away from a good defense or a good attack, and they're not a good defense with a bad attack, and they're certainly not a bad defense with a good attack, which is certainly, I think, maybe how some people, I don't know, if you were going to guess, you might say bad defense, bad attack right now, but what it's showing is yeah. the expected goals and the expected goals against the LA Galaxy are none of these markers that we've seen, and you can't really even shade them in a particular direction. Yeah, and I, I think this was evident in the tournament as well. It, it kind of tells you everything, is that we saw three games played and we didn't really see much, and even when you look at the data, it, it didn't see much either, and so I think... That, that's the part that it, it is what it is. And that's why when I say 2017, you at least knew they, they had a bad, bad defense and a bad attack. So you knew where they were going to land. Uh, you know, right. if you're going to land somewhere, land, land somewhere on the chart, being smack dab in the middle, uh, that's, that's the worst place to be. And I think that actually describes where the galaxy are right now as a organization is they're not completely bottomed out. Although, you know, given how the rest of the season goes, they may get there. But it's not like they're so bad that they're awful, but it's also not like they're great either. So you're just stuck in this this no man's land. It's kind of like in, a, in other leagues, you're not in the relegation zone, but you're not exactly winning titles either. You're just kind of stuck in the middle. And sometimes that that's that's the worst place to be. Uh, so, so that's the thing that that's upsetting and it, it comes, comes down to coaching. It comes down to rostering and it just, it just, it tells you nothing about this team, but in, in another way, it tells you everything. They're, they're not anything. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just right. kind of meh. And so well, I mean, the, the fun. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, I mean, the thing on this is that maybe if, if you look at this and we, we talked about this in the expected goals, whenever we were looking at some of these games in the tournament, the Galaxy should have scored more goals. We know they should have scored yeah. more goals. You saw it in the Houston game. They should have had three or four yeah. for the, some of them were the, tap-ins. But, but the chances didn't. were there. Yeah, the chances yeah, were yeah. there. They just didn't put them away. Yeah, by the way, ex- expected goals does not take into account you missing those those yeah. from those areas where it should be like a one or two, like whenever yeah. you get that close. Uh, it doesn't take into account. It's just saying the chances were there. So certainly I think the chances were there. I think the other thing that is this sort of tells, and maybe it's overrated, maybe it's not, is that as much as we want to blame the defense, the, the, the places that teams have been scoring from the LA Galaxy aren't exactly sky high you know, absolute shots. They're not giving up horrible chances. I mean, the bottom line is that if you look at the, what was it? The Portland game, right? Where Blanco dribbled through two guys and then scored. Yeah. yeah. The expected goals on that one is probably like 0.2. Like there's nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to score yeah. from that. So there's That's no not way a high percent. From that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a high percent um, shot. So, I mean, you know, you, you look at that. I will also say this, and we'll talk about this in a little bit as well, is that 
Um, I think the defense without people Gonzalez is dramatically is dramatically better. And I don't know that the focus should be on the LA Galaxy defense. I think the Gal- I think it should be on finding some more depth in the midfield to cover for Jonathan Dos Santos if he's going to be injured more. I think it needs to be on finding a right winger or some more reinforcements in that attack to be able to make those things go better. I think it's about finding a reinforcement for playing underneath Chicharito or finding another forward or attacker to play up with Chicharito if you're going to play in a 4-4-2 and maybe make the best of that situation. So there's a bunch of different ways you can look at this, but this chart to me uh, both proves the LA Galaxy are uh, clearly indescribable at the moment. Um, <laughs> they're in some sort of enigma land that I can't describe. Uh, snap bad in the middle of this, this right next to the Seattle Sounders, by the way. If you think the Seattle Sounders, who I think MLS are a far superior yeah. Yeah, 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 who are a far superior team, by the way, right next to the Portland Timbers, Right. I mean, you look yeah. at the group that the LA Galaxy and it's not horrible. Um, the teams that are showing up right now on that bottom right, uh, San Jose Earthquakes, Sporting Kansas City and LAFC. So there's there's some interesting things. So, by the way, um, LAFC shades more to bad defense than Sporting Kansas City or San Jose, which is uh, yes. an interesting little take as well. So anyway, that's that's sort of what I got from this chart is that um, the LA Galaxy are sort of in the middle of no man's land. And I'm not sure. How, how to fix it or, or what to look at. But that's what this chart is saying is they're in the middle. Yeah. The, and it's funny that you mentioned right next to the Seattle Sounders, something that stood out to me watching the Seattle Sounders game from earlier in the week uh, is after the water break, they kind of changed their tactics and what was working and, and they, they mixed it up. So it just made me, it made me think of our coach and some things that we see, we have seen where, Literally, they used the water break to change what they were doing. They ended up continuing to fail miserably, uh, the Sounders did, in that game. Uh, but they at least changed something, and then it, it didn't work. But you you saw a change happen, and so I think it's just interesting that they're right there uh, with them in that same category. The other thing that this chart reminded me of, uh, it reminded me of How I Met Your Mother. So if, if you're familiar with the the CBS show How I Met Your Mother, there's the crazy hot scale. So so you you're the Theory was from Barney Stinson, played by, uh, and again, Doogie Howser. He's, the name is escaping me. I never, you never, Neil Patrick Harris, that's his name. Uh, yeah. You're only willing to put up with how crazy someone is, how crazy someone is, based on how hot they are. So it's the crazy right. hot chart. And so that's right. where the galaxy right now landed in the crazy chart. So right now we're in the GBS era where they're not very hot but there's too much crazy for us to deal with it. And I think that's just that they're landing more on that direction. And that's, that's the part that's upsetting. And before I get canceled here on, uh, you know, objectifying anyone, right. I just want to say that while the show, uh, it was pertaining to dating to women. I think this is, this crosses gender as well. I think there are a lot of women who might agree that they would put up with, uh, some, some men who were driving them crazy based on, uh, you know, some looks or maybe some other things that they had going for them, uh, you know, that they'd put up with, with how, how crazy. So I just want to put it out there. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I feel like it applies to the galaxy perfectly. And I created my own chart. So, you know, we have XG and, and, uh, XGA and I, I created my own crazy hot chart for the LA galaxy. So right now we're in the more crazy than hot in the GBS era. Uh, what we have now is not giving us uh, dividends. Whereas opposed to the last two seasons, we got an awful lot of crazy with Zlatan. Zlatan gave us a lot of crazy, but he also gave us a lot of goals, set a goal scoring record. 
uh, gave us a mentality with an edge over a crosstown rival. So Zlatan brought the crazy, but it seemed like it was worth it with the crazy that he brought. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you have someone like uh, Mauricio Cienfuegos and Kobe Jones, that era where maybe they weren't, you know, the hottest thing or it's not the most attractive thing. Uh, you know, you don't, not a lot of people look back and say, wow, look at those early LA Galaxy teams. If you've been with a team since the beginning, they have a fond memory. Uh, so, you know, they did their job, but they weren't very crazy. There wasn't a lot of drama with those teams. So they, they got the job done, but there wasn't a lot of crazy. And then the pinnacle of LA Galaxy on the crazy hot chart is uh, the Bruce Arena era with Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, David Beckham, uh, hot and not crazy at all. So again, there was a little right. bit of turmoil. You know, they're not all the way to the top left of that corner. There's a little bit of turmoil when Landon and and David Beckham when he first arrived. So there's a little bit of crazy there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, they were so hot on the field that it made it worth it. So that's my contribution yeah. to the show today. I'm going to sign off after this. Uh, <laughs> the LA Galaxy crazy hot chart, crazy hot chart. Uh, you know, take a look at it. I'll, I'll publish this so everyone could look at it. Some of my best work. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly feel that this describes, you know, the LA Galaxy better than it ever did on, on sort of, you know, uh, the, uh, on how I met your mother with the, with the Vicky Mendoza line. Um, yes, you know, thank I you. think the Vicky Mendoza. I didn't shout out the, it's the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. Mendoza so you need to diagonal. call it by name. Yeah. The, the the you know <laughs> is it the Zlat is it, is that the Zlatan name then is that like is that the Zlatan I mean you know there was there was is that the pinnacle is to be on that line or is the pinnacle to be is is it the unicorn you're looking for the unicorn right I mean that's yeah. really what it is for the LA Galaxy and Bruce Arena maybe was the crazy hot unicorn I don't this is gonna go into uncomfortable places yeah, I, I just exactly you know I, I'm I just feel that, for sure I'm not yeah, getting I an feel, analytics up for sure. <laughs> I was going to say, can you bring this up at the the next meeting, you know, for GBS? You'd be like, listen, I got your analytics all, all sorted out. Here's the crazy hot scale. What you need is the Zlatan Ibrahimovic line, um, the so diagonal, crazy. right? Give yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot and crazy. By the way, with as much crazy as Zlatan was, um, I would expect that maybe he wasn't on the line. But he, again, so hot at the same time. So <laughs> it, 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 it makes sense. I, I get it. Always fun, always interesting. We had this conversation about this, and I'm like, yeah, I go, that was one of the one of the funniest parts of that show. Uh, whenever you watch that, and it, whenever Eric, you you drew the chart there that shows the you know the LA Galaxy and sort of it just it makes too much sense for me. And because we include, uh, we we had to include it. So uh, there it goes. If you do, if you want to see the graphics on that again, go to the video um, on our YouTube page, and you can find it right there. All right, we got some other questions, and I wanted to get through these in the last oh, 15 or so minutes of this show um, because I think there's some good question. I'm actually going to start. I think I want to start with the hardest question that we got. And and again, a shout out to all my friends over on Reddit. Um, I love LA Galaxy Reddit. I know that there's some contentious <laughs> arguments that happen on Reddit sometimes. But the 6,000, almost 6,000 members of the LA Galaxy group, which I'm sure there's like three people who are active. No, it's way more than that. I know that for a fact. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of people who are active. It's good conversation. And you're not limited by a character count. Now, some people take that not limited by character count, thinking that they get to write novels, which some people do. Um, and, and you can read through that and enjoy that. Um, and some people just get to the point without having to worry about characters as well. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's detailed. You can talk about it. I thought this was the hardest question to answer. Uh, this comes from Vapor4. Uh, they say, why should I keep my season ticket membership? And I mentioned this on Monday, and I'll mention it again. There used to be a time for LA Galaxy fans to sit there and say, is it time to renew my tickets yet? I'm going to hurry up and get those in 
like calling up their rep before it actually came about and been like, listen, I need to renew my tickets. I need to lock that in for next year. I need to do it. I want the events. I want all that stuff. But why should I keep my season tickets? Uh, the LA Galaxy have been rebuilding and rebuilding since 2017. It was a rebuild year in 2017. And then whenever Siggy came in, it was a, it was a rebuilding year under Siggy. And then whenever GBS came in, it was, you know, we're going to have to rebuild and it's going to be a three-year process. And the LA Galaxy put out, you know, the Sebastian Legette quote that came out and says, you know, said they said trust the process. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but it's like they said, uh, <laughs> they never said trusting the process was going to be easy. Yeah. Right. And, when, how and many I years just, into the process are we? Yeah. Yeah. This I'm isn't, like, this I'm isn't like, the beginning. That, that, that quote was pretty laughable. And the fact that the, the, the club got behind it and reposted it on their, in their main account, it was, it was interesting to say the least. I, I don't know that that was the best quote and again with absolutely uh the the best part is when you say with no offense to and then that absolutely means that you're absolutely going to blast someone and offend and offend them to me sebastian legit doesn't come across like someone who's going to give you uh you know and some intelligent insight on 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 what they just went through so it seems like he he found a quote online from uh the quote a day website and said oh yeah this i think this makes sense and, and threw it out there i don't think uh he took into account how that might have a ripple effect into people who are reading it, given the performance uh, that they just had in the tournament. It was, uh, you know, I don't know that there's much you can say, and you're not exactly getting games to sort of prove that to do it. But I mean, um, you know, why should I keep my season ticket membership? I've always come up with the fact that, you know, you like that status, right? You have to be, I'm a season ticket member. I've been a season ticket member since this long, um, you know, since 96. I've had season tickets every single year, you know, since 2000, I've had season tickets every single year. Um, however you look at that, there's there's a certain status and a, and a clout and a membership that, that you know, that sort of comes with that. Um, there's some cool stuff that you can get. I'm not saying it's always perfect. I'm not saying that, you know, there's a, there's always 100% value. Uh, it's interesting, and if people remember this, Chris Klein actually came into the studio, sat down in the studio, I believe, and and uttered this line. He goes, you know, whenever we were talking about season ticket memberships and and how it is, he goes, you know, eventually I want your seat to be your benefit, which is basically we're so good, we have so much entertainment that you're paying just to be included in the stadium. It's not the season ticket members like benefit or banquets that you get. It's not meeting the players. It's not the autograph sessions. And none of that. The benefit is. Um, that your seat is is your benefit, that being a season ticket holder and includes you in the party, which is funny because <laughs> I remember when he said it, and I know what he was trying to say. Yeah, and I was going to say, since then, that, qu- that quote yeah. has gotten kind of misconstrued as he said that's what it, it should be. Uh, but again, it's important to know, and you, you were very clear in stating it, that he wants it to be, so that's the case. Um, yep. But right now... Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know for that. That's a difficult question. And like you said, there's some status that comes with it where, you know, there are some benefits, there's ex- exclusive of events. You have more opportunities to meet players, uh, kind of s- special things that they do for their season ticket members. Uh, th- that's definitely a thing. It's you definitely get a different, uh, treatment from some front office staff and some season ticket, uh, executives who, who are helping people out. They definitely treat, uh, season ticket members, you know, well, but to, do you keep it? I think there's different levels. It depends. There's two schools of thought to me. It's, do you just like soccer? Do you like the galaxy? This is your team. It's something to do on a Saturday. It's a built in date night, somewhere to take the kids, somewhere to go away from the kids, somewhere to go with your friends. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that it's just a nice thing to do on a, uh, and I'll say in Southern California on a 7 PM game on a Saturday, there's nothing better than, than a soccer game when everything's hitting correctly. So, that's one reason to keep your tickets. If you're of the school of thought where you pay with your wallet, you you know you use your wallet to 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 make your decisions. 
maybe this is a reason, you know, you're in a pandemic. You maybe don't want to be around a lot of people, uh, especially in the, in the next coming year. Maybe you're uh, not seeing the product that you want to see on the field. And this is your opportunity to make a statement and say, you know what, I'm not renewing until things start looking better. Uh, I think anyone who, who says, well, then you're not a real fan. If you're not renewing, you're only a bandwagon. You're only hopping around when times are good. I'd push back on that because for some people, that's how they protest. That's how they push back and say, I'm not, I'm not giving my hard earned money. I'm not spending my, you know, thousand dollars plus 2000, depending on which section you're going, spending that on tickets or for a family of four, uh, when I can be using that money elsewhere, if they're not going to put a a quality product on the field. So I, I understand that, that school of thought. So if if you're not happy with what you're seeing and you want to vote with your wallet and you want to send your message, uh, that you're not going to pay for, for season seats, then, then you're within your right to do so. I think the the only attraction would be, you know, whatever your guaranteed tickets uh, for some of those hot ticket games. Uh, it's it's a way. It's a date night. It's a, a day out with friends, or you're just a diehard fan. And uh, whether this club is at the bottom of the table for the next ten years, or they're winning uh, ten cups in the next ten years, you're just always going to be there. And that's just it's it's a non-negotiable for you at this point. That'd be the reason to renew. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, we, we've talked about how you can get tickets basically on the secondary market cheaper than you can in most cases. Um, yeah. You know, would it balance out for every game? No, because there's certain games like LAFC that are going to sell out. And as a season ticket holder, you get first uh, dibs on those. And I argued right now, do you even want to go to that game right now? Or, you know, <laughs> just with the way the LA Galaxy are playing. And the answer is yes. Obviously, we talked yeah. about it beforehand. The answer is yes. You do want to go. You know why? Because you never know what's going to happen. You never right? know. The craziest yep. things that you've ever <laughs> seen in your entire life. Life could happen. The Galaxy could be losing 3 nothing in the second half, and they win 4-3. Um, and you couldn't predict it. You couldn't bet on it. You couldn't write it out because people would think you're lying. So there's there's benefits to, to sort of having some of those games and going to those, even if uh, the product on the field. But I'm with you. Vote with your wallet. I've always said that. You have that. By the way, you can boo, too. You know, so people say you never boo your own team. But yeah, go ahead. I don't. It's if it's how you show your displeasure <laughs> for what is happening, you are allowed to do it um, within certain like realms of respect you should do you you can and you should do those things but with your wallet you know let your voice be heard and i I think another area of pushback that sometimes people give is say uh you know the club's not going to do what the fans want it to do they're going to make the interest do what's in the best interest of the club uh but you know what shuts up fans real quick is winning and so if you're putting a product on the field that's successful those fans are going to show up. And so if fans are not in the seats, they're not renewing tickets and it's a noticeable difference, then the organization is forced to do something to, to change. And, and something that I've kind of learned as I've gotten a little bit older is sometimes I think we, we hold people in positions of esteem to have some type of magic or some type of special. And we forget that they're just regular people making decisions just like you and me. And so you think, well, you know, certainly, if they're in charge of the LA Galaxy, these these must be the greatest minds in the world. And you forget, well, sometimes it's just people, and maybe it doesn't end up being you know someone who's necessarily uh, you know this wonderkind or, or someone who's amazing. Sometimes they're just people, and they make mistakes, and uh, maybe they don't always know better than what the collective right. fan base knows. So uh, I understand if if you can't uh, you know kneel and com- and complain to every every time a fan base complains, you change everything you're doing. If you're succeeding, then you continue to succeed. But if you're not, then uh, and the fans aren't happy, then who are you pleasing? Where are you landing on that crazy hot scale? If you're not you're not successful on the field, you're not keeping the fans happy. Then what's the purpose? You know, I yeah. look at a team like Orlando City. Uh, you know, they're not the greatest team in the world, but they have players where I watch them like Chris Mueller, like Nani, and I say, oh, th- these are fun players to watch. Maybe they're not great. 
you know, and outside of the MLS back tournament, they're not setting the world on fire. But when those games are on, you see those players and you say, okay, I'm interested in this team. And I just don't see that. I don't see that player, that one special person on this team that's making you uh, renew your tickets. That person could be Christian Pavone, but we don't know if he'll right. be here next season. And so uh, is right. who are you renewing to go watch? If uh, Pavone could be someone who could seal your your season tickets. Zlatan was someone who you are guaranteeing your spot in the stadium if, if Zlatan's on the team. If Christian Pavone is guaranteed on the team, you're, you're getting season tickets. But if that's not, then you know maybe, maybe you don't renew. Is Chicharito that person? Is he worth it? Is, is what yeah. you've seen, is it worth renewing your season tickets to see uh, more of that? So yeah. people, no. people are welcome I, to make their own choices. There's no wrong answer either. That, that's, that's what I was going to say. You're right either, either way. If you renew your season tickets, yeah. you're right. If you don't because of certain reasons, then you're right. Um, that's how it is. I, I would like to remind everybody, this is our 770th show in Corner wow. of the Galaxy history. That means that even during the best times in LA Galaxy history, there was a show... And there was probably something to complain about. Um, so, you know, those complaints get louder. I mean, you, you know, you say that the I don't ever want a front office to sit there and go, well, what do the fans want? And then do what the fans want. I don't want that. I want you to make the best decision for the team based on that. Now, that doesn't mean that when you get it wrong, that you don't get to face the criticism and your criticism, your grumbling, your social media posts, your Facebook posts, your letters, your conversations with season ticket holders. That has an impact. Don't ever think it doesn't have an impact. All right. Numbers have an impact. Conversations have an impact. Those things are real. So uh, sort of keep that in mind as you do all this stuff is. And by the way, if you just want to complain louder and still have your season tickets, cool. That's cool, too. I like that. It's, it's all good. Uh, it's all fair in love, war and soccer. All right. It's all fair. That's yeah. how it goes. Uh, let's go to uh, another question here. Uh, Famous Mouse on Reddit says, is there any truth behind the rumor of the Galaxy going after 20-year-old midfielder Augustin Almendra from Boca Juniors, or is it just speculation at this point? If the league were going to, to continue after the MLS's back tournament, is DTK looking at any other potential moves in this transfer window? So uh, transfer window opens the day after um, the MLS's back tournament. Uh, so it ends on the 11th. The transfer window opens on August the 12th, 12th. Um, and then, it, the yeah, yeah, and I, I'm trying to remember what the end date is, but it's a significant amount of time that this is open. Um, but players, other clubs have also already announced players that have been signed, even though the window technically hasn't opened, correct? Right, but they can't technically be yeah. added to the roster until the window opens, yeah. and so, you know, that's, that's, and there was a short window, a two-day window before this tournament, which allowed people to uh, add some things. So anyway, as for Augustin Almendra, um, here's where we look at this stuff. And I'll tell you that I have not heard a credible rumor come across in any way since the pandemic really hit outside of Alan Franco, which we sort of confirmed is still a possibility still could happen. Um, here's where I sit on the Boca junior rumors. Uh, if it's true, the LA galaxy are usually lazy because you can't, it's basically Boca juniors North at this point. Um, they're linked with every Boca juniors player ever. Uh, if anybody's unhappy, anybody's young, anybody's in a position of need, they're linked to them. Doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that that's a possibility. Um, and and also, I obviously, yeah. I would like to add, it's, it's not just Boca Juniors, it's Argentina as well. Because when you look at uh, Polenta, someone who GBS signed previously, the, because they played against Boca Juniors, he saw them play. So it's it's yep. if it's coming out of Argentina, GBS and the LA Galaxy are going to be linked. And so it, it makes you yawn a little bit. It's, it's, it's an underwhelming when you see this type of rumors come through. 
Yeah, 20 years old would probably be a replacement in the midfielder for somebody like a Sebastian Legette or perhaps a Sasha Kleshton. You put Jonathan Dos Santos with this particular player. Uh, it might move some players who are there to the bench, which I'm okay with. Um, so that's sort of what it is. I would say that in the this feels like speculation. Uh, I think there were some rumors that some other Major League Soccer teams were also interested in um, Almendra, and that might have been Miami at one time. And I think there was another club, and I can't remember which one. The other thing we have to remember is that anytime it's Los Angeles, interested uh, they always assume it's the LA Galaxy and it also could be you know Crosstown Rivals LAFC so keep that in mind I have heard nothing about this particular name doesn't mean it's not true I wish I had more stuff on you more stuff for everybody but as I've said since COVID sort of shut things down I have not heard any credible names come across or anything that looks like it's moving towards the finish line that could change tomorrow and if it does yeah. we will we will tell you on Monday but as of right <laughs> now your- yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that's, that's your of, favorite that, line. My, my safe, yeah, that's my safety thing. It could change right now. I mean, somebody could be texting me and I didn't see it because I'm doing the show. Um, but that could happen. So just sort of keep that in mind um, as and you look at these rumors. One one of the knocks against it also is that because he's a, a central midfielder, and you think, well, the Galaxy have a lot of central midfielders. Why would they bring in another one? But we've had this conversation quite a bit. Uh, they have a lot of central midfielders, but I don't know that they have the right type of central midfielder. So if this is someone who could pull their strings in the middle and really uh, dictate the game, then that could be a, a good addition. Looking at some of the statistics and some of the things that, uh, that I'm reading about the player, I don't know that they've shown that they're uh, a magical player. But again, at 20 years old, uh, Augustine, there's an uh, accent there. Augustine, not Augustine. Augustine, uh, so, yes. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he, he's someone who could develop and they can sell off at a later date and maybe he still has room for growth. Uh, so we'll see, you know, but, but again, the, just the fact that it's coming out of Boker juniors, it just, it's, it's a little bit boring, but at the same time, okay, youth, youth player, central midfielder, maybe there is, there is something to this. It could also the thing that I think of if Pavone is not going to stick around with the galaxy, he ends up going back to Boca juniors for them to do what they wish. Maybe there's some type of, okay, you were not going to buy Pavone, but maybe we do another loan deal where we bring this player in and he goes back. So maybe that that's where it gives it credibility because they already have business dealings with the club. And so maybe they just, this is continued dealings with that club kind of like with uh San Paulo and Brazil uh, with Juninho and, and service. Some of the, once you're dealing with a specific club, uh, sometimes those relationships continue uh, for multiple players. Alex Kazumba. Um, yep. Yeah, I was just I was going deep on the Sao Paulo roster <laughs> so there. A, I'm it's, one of the. It's a fun name to say. Le, Leonardo. Um, let's see. Uh, David Lopes, right? Remember, remember Lopes. David Junior Lopes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 you're, so yeah, there was lots of stuff. some greats. The history so, of great Brazilians at the Los Angeles Galaxy. Legends. Legends <laughs> is what we're going for. Um, yeah, I think the LA Galaxy are looking for a winger. Um, I think there's somebody on the right-hand side that they could probably find. They're looking for a Katai replacement. Um, they seem to have the money to be able to do that. Uh, the quote w- that I got from someone was, you know, we had money before uh, a Katai left to improve the roster, and now we have more money to improve the roster. So <laughs> if you're looking at that in terms of how much, how much more, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know, because, you know, MLS and they got to keep it all under wraps. So we don't know. We don't know how much room they have. We don't, which would make a lot of this like much more easy to figure out. You could be like, well, they can't afford, you know, this guy because he's going to cost yeah. $20 million. I mean, that's sort of where we can put our limits at right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's also the tricky part, too, with, with transfer fees, because transfer fees aren't the weekly salary. So when you talk about salary cap, you know, what they might cost to the team, you know, the world famous couldn't go an episode without mentioning, mentioning João Pedro, uh, you know, the, tra- his 
salary wasn't high, but the transfer fee to get him was. And so right. uh, that's that's the other thing that can be offsetting. Maybe you look for some free agents, uh, some people who are not under contract, and that way you don't have to worry about transfer fees. So just some other, other factors to consider uh, when you're looking at prices for these players. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the question was that's, I'm just want to make sure. Oh, is there uh, this is from, uh, N Miranda and they say, is there anything you've heard post tournament that suggests a meaningful change in leadership structure from Beckerman down to GPS? No, uh, nothing I've seen, nothing I've heard. It doesn't mean anything. Again, we, I, I want to be clear on some of this stuff because it's, it's, we're in a different area. I don't get to go talk to the people I normally get to talk to. Um, with COVID going on, that's not the lines of communication are not as open as they have been. Uh, they're a lot more monitored. They're a lot more distant. So developing the relationships that I have with certain people is harder right now um, than it was. Doesn't mean not trying to do it. Just means that there's a lot more to sort of look at. But uh, if I would hear some rumblings, and if I started to hear some rumblings, I would I would let everybody know. And I have seen nothing that really says I I know that they're not satisfied with the tournament the way they was. And and uh, Copa del Orzo uh, said uh, was the squad and front office even interested in playing the tournament, or were they just there to not get fined? Uh, I'll take my answer off the air. I love I love radio. I love that's radio. Like sort of <laughs> first time, long time. time. <laughs> yep, that's the other one. So um, uh, Six, yes. Two. I, I, yeah, I believe uh, Guillermo Barros-Galoto was playing this tournament as an experiment to sort of find some things out. Um, I think in doing so, he worsened the LA Galaxy's position. I don't think that there's a giant focus on this year. I don't believe that, just in the way that I've seen them sort of react. And I guess that's okay, but again, communicate that if you're going to do yeah. that. You know, you don't have to go out and say you're tanking, but certainly it's like, <laughs> this is unstable. We don't know. AEG, we don't know how much money they have. So we're in a wait. You know, you heard Guillermo say it. He goes, there's times to go fast and times to go slow. This is the time to go slow. If that doesn't explain yeah. to you what they were thinking in the tournament, then I don't know what is. That's the mo- that's the in-depth. That's the most in-depth you're ever going to get from Guillermo Barrescalota right there. And, and that's all you need to know. And the fact that um, Atlanta fired their manager, Frank DeBoer, after this tournament, and the LA Galaxy did not, uh, while they had similar, you know, types of tournaments, unsuccessful, right. uh, that tells you all you need to know as well. If you read between the lines, because it tells you uh, the GBS could have been, you know, and, and here's the hammer right down the middle. Maybe they didn't weren't crazy about going, and maybe they didn't take it seriously. But they weren't. I don't think they were going there to lose. I think they, right. the players that went there were trying to be successful. But the, yeah. if they lost, I don't think their jobs were on the line, and they probably knew that, or GBS probably knows that uh, that his job is not on the line. I think the Galaxy as an organization are looking at this year and saying we're not going to put too much into it. We're not worried about it. We'll sit, wait through this year and get through it. If we finish bottom of the table, there's no threat of pro rel. Don't have to worry about that. So things could be a lot worse than finishing at the bottom of the table and you pack it up and figure it out for next year and move forward. Uh, I think that's kind of the message that I'm getting by reading between the lines is that uh, if there's not going to be consequences for the poor performance, then they're going to wait it out and see if they can either turn things around or wait to do it at a later date when there's maybe a, a cleaner window to make things happen. Uh, the final question, and by the way, I would say in 2017, those players were also out there trying to win every single game. Yeah. Uh, there was no question. Yeah, I would never, um, yeah. Yeah, it, they, they were trying to win every single game. It doesn't mean that they could. There was a talent gap. There's yeah. a talent gap on this team. We've talked about it. There's a talent gap. Go look around some of the other t- upper, t- and you can see the team is not constructed in a way that it, you know shows that it has any depth 
or any formidable talent in the midfield um, or in, in any of the depth positions. Uh, and this goes to uh, Galaxy Fan 89's question. Uh, it's probably a combination of the two, but if you had to pick one, which is the bigger issue for the Galaxy roster building? The three DPs they pick or the 15 other players in the lineup? Uh, so if you had to pick one of those, Hammer, is it the 15 guys? Is it the three DPs? If you, if Because you, we both agree it's probably a combination of the both because, duh, that's the, that's the correct answer. But if you had to pick <laughs> one, which one's more, more important? I think more important is the 15 players because there's sheer percentages. Those players take up more space on the field and they're going to have a bigger impact on the game than you can have the best player in the world. You can have a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but if you have 10 other players who are not at that level, uh, it's going to bring the average down. So uh, it goes back to that analytics conversation. You need to be able to find maybe someone who you can fill out your roster who's not going to occupy a DP slot that's still going to be able to contribute and be an important part of your team and be a key cog moving forward. That That's important to find those players. And when you can find two or three of those players, then you you have a good team. If you could have five or six of those players in your starting lineup, then you're talking MLS Cup winning teams like the Dynasty era that we saw with the Galaxy. They had the three designated players, but the other 15 who filled out the roster were professionals, uh, hidden gems who were able to go on and get bigger contracts at other clubs because of what they were able to do and show with the LA Galaxy. So I think the other 15 are more important than your designated players. Yeah, I mean, we go back to Bruce Arena and we look at that. You know, Bruce Arena used to get guys on discounts. We've seen this many times. Yeah. Nigel DeYoung, discount. Ashley Cole, discount. You look at all that stuff. The Galaxy are walking themselves into a position where they're having to pay premiums. Not discounts, but paying more yeah. because of the position that they're in. Um, and that people understand that it used to be, hey, come to the LA Galaxy because we're always going to be in the hunt to win a championship. So if you want to win a championship, we're going to get you some money. It's probably not as much as you're going to make somewhere else, but you get to play with us. And playing for the LA Galaxy in Los Angeles is a wonderful, wonderful place. I'm a wonderful coach named Bruce Arena who, who's overly sarcastic. I'll scream at you on occasion, but you get to go to the beach every night. I mean, you know, you get to live in the South Bay. You get to do these things. Bruce knew how to sell it. And somebody complained and said, stop talking about Bruce Arena. That's the history. Guess what? Bruce Arena was the last person to put a team together that was solid from top to bottom. That was in 2014, 2015, even 2016. The roster was more... Uh, flexible, was deeper, had more talent on it than what you're seeing right now, and the Galaxy are spending more money uh, right now than they were in those years. So look at that and understand that that is the that is the the benchmark. That is the mark to beat is to put a complete team together, and nobody has done that. And and I will the, to add to that point. If people are sick of hearing about the you know first to five and the five championships and Bruce Arena and Beckham and Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane living in the in the past in the good old days, then give me something worth being happy for now. And so right now, it's just the the fan base is not happy with what's happening now. If they were happy with what's happening now, they wouldn't be longing for for the salad days uh, earlier in the decade. They they they'd be happy with what they have now. And so if you get a good product now, then people will will start to forget. Uh, about the previous dynasty and you can still look back on it fondly but it doesn't become a topic of conversation and it shouldn't uh, because things have changed and and the galaxy have some catching up to do yeah they're, they're playing from behind which is not a yep. place you ever would have expected them again this guy right here uh me i had a chance to go to the white house cover the la galaxy they'll be there again that may you know on my deathbed that might be my biggest regret i never <laughs> got to go to the white house oh, i never got good. to see I never got to see yeah, Rosebud exactly. I never got to see Barack Obama like you know do all that. I didn't get to I get didn't get to do that. I could have, 
There was no, there was nothing stopping me except for the, that. Sounds like a long way to go. I don't know that yeah. I'm going to do that. Oh God, what an idiot <laughs> I was! What an yeah. idiot! All right, we'll close it Shame on my on idiocy. Uh, there will be another. There will be another chance, Eric. There will be another chance, and <laughs> I will be there when it happens. Um, Perfect. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring yeah. the tripod. I'm sneaking in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Give me the video guy. No problems. We'll, we'll put a light on your head. It'll be perfect. Um, all right. That's that's all I have. We're done. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we go? No. N- another week gone by. No LA Galaxy games and another hour of hot Galaxy talk. I love it. Ooh, hot, hot, crazy hot. If if I crazy may. hot LA Galaxy talk. There you go. That's the that's our new podcast. We're gonna do uh, from now on. Crazy hot LA Galaxy talk. All right. Uh, tell people where they can find you. We'll go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at GAS Hammer. You can also follow me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. And you can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash EVHammer9. I'll be streaming for Cosmo SC. We've locked a uh, playoff spot uh, playing on Saturday. You can find all of your Liga G96 information on cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESWIN, JGUES. M-A-N and at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, all of our articles, all of our podcasts. We'll keep you updated on what the LA Galaxy are trying to do, what's going to happen with the league, all that fun stuff is coming up for you. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese hammer, I'm Josh Patrick, yes, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.